Welcome back, Getting to Know You fans, to Episode 6 in Season 3. I am your host, Jen Dawson, Peters Associate Director of Educational Programs, and I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Yakira Levine. He's a dermatologist and instructor at Harvard Medical School, Department of Dermatology. He also treats patients at Massachusetts General Hospital, and he's an investigator at the Wellman Center for Photomedicine. Thank you so much for being with me today, Dr. Levine. It's a real pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for having me. That's really an honor to be here. So as is tradition on our show, the first question we always ask is, how did you become a dermatologist? What led you down this path? Yeah, um, so it's it's a little bit of a story. I won't go into too much detail, but um, it may sound trite, but of course I wanted to become a physician in order to help people um, who had needs that perhaps I could meet, perhaps I couldn't, but either way, I wanted to do my best to help them. Um, my uh, background was more quantitative in engineering. I, I did a doctoral degree in electrical engineering alongside medical school. Oh and gosh. in deciding what specialty to choose, um, I really fell in love with dermatology when I was doing my clinical rotations. I hadn't really thought about it before, but it just struck me as a field where um, we saw all kinds of um, diseases um, affecting people's lives in many different ways and got to approach their diseases in many different ways. So it was just very intellectually stimulating and also an opportunity, as it's turned out, a, a wonderful opportunity to sort of combine my um, engineering and scientific interests with my uh, clinical passion. And okay, so talk to me about how you're combining those two passions. So um, I, as you mentioned in the introduction, I um, practice clinically uh, in the clinical department of dermatology uh, with a subspecialty in treating children with life-altering skin conditions, mm -hmm. um, often using lasers, but not exclusively. Um, and um, my research at the Wellman Center for Photomedicine um, in many ways focuses on the same conditions using animal models and also tissue or samples from human skin um, to try to understand the conditions better and to try to come up with better ways of treating them. So that's using lasers, um, cooling, um, other diagnostic tests, all of which I'm very familiar from my scientific work. So that's how I get to combine it and it's very rewarding. That is amazing. I'm always impressed when those two things can come together. So talk a little bit about that work and um, what are some like big wins you've had or big discoveries you've had? So um, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. And um, I'd say that, you know, th things that I hadn't really thought about coming into even becoming a dermatologist was the opportunity to work with children. Um, I've always loved children. And um, I, I was called a Pied Piper as a kid because I was the, the kid who wanted to babysit other people's kids the most. Even now, as my own kids get older, I sometimes hang out with some of my colleagues' kids um, but just because I enjoy it. And I didn't realize um, even during my residency, because we didn't have a, a large pediatric dermatology um, cohort in our institution, um, just how significant these conditions are that affect children. Of course, I was aware of port wine birthmarks and in, in, in many common and uncommon congenital malformations, but I only became more sensitive to it um, really when doing my subspecialty training um, and people were coming to see my mentor, Dr. Rox Anderson, to treat these life-altering conditions. Um, and so that really opened my eyes. Very surprising to me um, that on the one hand, these could be affect people's lives so much. And on the other hand, that we didn't really have great treatments for them. Um, I wish I could say that I've found the magic bullet for any of them, but 
Uh, the fun part, and I haven't yet, but the fun part is being able to try a lot of different types of approaches using existing and sometimes technologies that are not yet clinically available um, to to try to improve to to improve the lives of patients with these conditions. I would imagine that can be really rewarding, even though you're not having, like you said, that instantaneous, you know, discovery or win. You're still on this path that's constantly moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, it makes it fun to get up in the morning and go to work um, yeah. and to, to mix my clinical passions and research passions and hopefully to help kids. Who doesn't want to do that? Right. I know. It, it, it seem, feels like every day I read something on some blog or some news article where a child is being affected by a disease that's either rare or it isn't well studied. And it makes me even more thankful for all the good work that you and the rest of the investigators within PEDRA and outside of PEDRA are doing to help these children overcome these diseases. Um, what is like? What are some of the biggest challenges you've experienced in research? Um, you know, there are certain challenges that everybody faces, and it can be difficult to sort of come to terms with the fact that these are actually just normal parts of research life. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do an experiment and you try really hard um, and your experiment doesn't work and you try many ways and sometimes you just can't get the setup to work and you have to try some other way of setting it up. Sometimes the setup works perfectly, but the hypothesis that you were hoping to test and, and confirm turns out that you couldn't confirm it. So you hear you spent a lot of time um, setting up an experiment or doing an experiment. And then it turns out that, oh, you know, you didn't solve the holy grail, uh, so to speak. You, di you didn't you didn't move the needle even all that much. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that was a, a challenge to that I had to overcome to really learn that that's part of the discovery process. And, you know, to take to take enjoyment in the fact that I, I enjoy the process of doing it and not just the outcomes. Um, I think that mm -hmm. that's been one thing that's hard uh, on the clinical side. I'll say another thing that's hard is, um, you know, since since the conditions that we treat um, that I treat are often very rare, um, patients are often unaware that I might be able to help them. Um, I certainly can't guarantee that I can help them, but are unaware that there might be treatments or and conversely, even even when we know that there might be good treatments, sometimes their health insurance coverage is not good enough. Their insurance company doesn't uh, cover it. And even when we file appeals and uh, really work to try to get that coverage, I'll say that being at my institution, I'm, I'm lucky because I'm afforded the opportunity where I can treat people even if I don't get you know, the reimbursement uh, for mm. the institution or for myself within bounds. I mean, I'm sure if I if I weren't um, be able to bill for most of the things I do, then I'd run into trouble. But um, for now, I'm I'm able to treat conditions even when when people aren't able to pay for them, which which isn't a luxury that someone in private practice might might have if they, they have a significant overhead. Yeah. And I'm sensing that that really helps. Um fulfill you personally too with your love of children and and being able to have that flexibility to treat even though the money component is just doesn't need to be dealt with you know like just put it aside right. treat the child that's got to feel exactly. good for for children and, and their parents they all get my cell phone number and uh, no one's abused it uh, but people, they send me pictures, follow up pictures, questions, and, you know, just being involved in a process where we're working to help uh, their child and have as close to a normal development as possible, psychosocial development. Um, you know, it's, it's really just an honor to be able to do that. Um, shifting gears a little bit, I know that you are going to be joining us at PEDRA in November, 
And mm -hmm. you're going to be speaking in our magic wand sessions. Can you talk a little bit about the magic wand program kind of as a whole, like the 50,000 foot view? So the magic wand program is a really exciting program. Um, it was founded by my mentor, uh, Dr. Rox Anderson, and by a good friend and colleague, Dr. Lilith Garibian, um, to, to really teach clinicians and make clinicians aware of the process of innovation. Clinicians who are uh, encountering problems every day are a source of of sharing those problems to people who can do something about it uh, through scientific research. Sometimes it's the clinician themselves who can do something about it with scientific research. And clinicians today are, you know, under a lot of stress and in, uh, in terms of seeing the number of patients that they need to see, writing clinical notes, meeting certain benchmarks. Mm -hmm. the, over time, they've kind of lost sight or, or never were not even aware of the opportunity to have an impact beyond uh, their particular day-to-day -day practice. So the, the Magic Wand program aims to teach people about uh, finding, finding a clinical problem worth solving, how you identify that problem, how you, how you um, characterize that problem, and um, how you go about uh, taking steps to try to solve the problem. So there's a whole chain of innovation, and uh, that's what we aim to do with the Magic Wand. I'm privileged to be involved in it um, as the uh, co-chair of the Virtual Magic Wand program, which is an um, internet-based course uh, to teach clinicians about this. Um, and I'm certainly happy to uh, hear from any, any clinicians who might be interested in that as well. That's wonderful. It sounds like an incredible initiative and it sounds like a great way to really move the field as a whole forward. Yes, yes, I, I think so very much. And what I've observed both in my own experience going through the innovation process and um, observing what some of the participants in the course have gone on to do is that um, sort of a whole vista of opportunity is open to them. Um, sometimes it's an industry collaboration. Sometimes it's a scientific collaboration. Sometimes it's empowering the clinician themselves to go about doing clinical research to address their their problem. But um, it's just been, um, I think, very rewarding for, for many, many participants and certainly rewarding for me uh, to be able to do that. That's really wonderful. I really, I can't wait to dive into the particulars at the conference. I don't want to give too much away here, but I know it's going to be a really valuable session for all of our members and attendees. I know we're getting close to our time, but I wondered if there is a personal tidbit about yourself you'd like to share. I guess that's a great question. I guess I'll say a couple of things, one related to my clinical practice and one not so much. Um, one is that the, uh, the pickleball has taken the world by storm. And um, it's something that, you know, my wife and I play together. Um, I enjoy table tennis. She enjoys tennis. So this is somehow a way for us to uh, to work together somewhere in between. And we recently learned that two of our children like playing pickleball with us. So now we found a new family activity. We can play doubles pickleball together. And that's really nice to be able to combine some physical exercise with some family time. Um, another, another one kind of more related to my clinical practice is that um, I really... Um, like to bond with these kids when I see them. And um, I've taken not not always, not always at the first visit, but, you know, bringing, bringing a toy, a book, uh, things that I, I've enjoyed from, uh, you know, giving to my own kids to share with uh, these other children. Oh, I really love that. I just, I mean, the spirit of family and support just comes right out of you in your every every aspect of our conversation and i wish we had another half hour to talk more this has been really lovely thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate thank it 
And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you. Um, I think PEDRA is such a wonderful organization. I wish I had established a relationship and knew about PEDRA sooner. But um, well, really, you've uh, come to us now, so it must have been at the right time. It's really you're such an asset to the network. We're so happy to have you here. And I just I appreciate all you've already started doing for PEDRA in your short time involved with us. Thank you so much. Really an honor to speak with you. A very special thank you to Dr. Levine for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed learning about him and his interests. And I hope that you can attend the upcoming annual Peter Conference in Atlanta, November 9th through the 11th, to hear him and other speakers talk about the Magic Wand Initiative. For more information about that, you can visit PeterResearch.org. And you can also check us out on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, at PeterResearch, and Facebook, also at PeterResearch. Thanks for watching.